Hi, welcome to the Composed Living Podcast with Elsa Elbert. That's me. Today, we are talking with Christiana Tarnutzer, who's one of my dear friends, and I think a very interesting person. And she just recently moved back to the East Coast after a few years of living in Los Angeles. She has the biggest heart out of anybody I know and has spent so much of her life trying to help other people and other causes. And I'm so excited to have her on the show today. Welcome. Thank you. It's so nice to see you. I haven't seen your face in way too long. (laughs) No, I know, I know, I know. The last time I saw you was when you were in New York. Real Right. That was like the biggest impromptu. It was like, what was it? It wasn't even like a lunch or a day. It was like a, Mm -hmm. hey, let's have a bite. And then I got to go. There's a train. (laughs) It was me getting used to living the train life. That was the time. Yeah. Which is so convenient, seemingly. I've never really traveled like outside of Manhattan, um, other than to like farther away places like, you know, Boston or whatever. But it's convenient uh, until you have to sprint out. Yeah. Run out in the middle of a meal. It's the last train. (laughs) I think that's what I did say, right? Oh, man. How is life in Connecticut? It's it's so good. Yeah, it's good. Now that we're finally settled, took a took a while to get settled, but I'm I'm so happy to be back. Yeah, I'm so glad to hear that. I can't wait to come see you. And I think we're going to plan a trip in October, maybe to New York. And then if the timing works out right, we can come. I want to see your new house, all the things. We are ready for you. Finally. So good. So one of the things we ask everybody on the show is to share a little bit about what composed living means to them, which, you know, from my perspective, it's when I started this business, it was really beyond the intention of only helping people in their homes. And with this idea of creating a whole and balanced life Uh, for me, organizing my life is sort of the key to creating that composed living. Uh, But I think it's a little bit different for everybody, you know, what it takes to really create their ideal life. Mm. I would love to hear your thoughts. Mm. Um, well, I feel like what I think is composed living now is different than what I used to think composed living was. <laughs> I used to probably think that, well, I know that I used to think composed living was, you know, having everything in order, you know, having a very, you know, regimented schedule and being in control of my, you know, house and my kids schedule and my work schedule and everything just kind of lined up and plan B's, plan C's, all the things. Um, So different now. And, um, you know, a lot of that has to do with, you know, just, you know, some recent years, you know, moving across the country and twice, um, twice. Yeah. (laughs) During a pandemic with two kids, not a big deal. Um, But yeah, I think, you know, life has changed so much for me in the past, you know, five years. And I would say now composed living to me means just living for me. And I know that sounds like really selfish and I don't, it don't, it's not intended to come off selfishly, but um, just, I have found that when I can authentically align my life with myself and what's important to me and my values and everything else just kind of flows. And, um, you know, that's really different than in the past when I used to, a lot of times, you know, live according to other people's expectations and standards and needs 
Um, you know, of course I still, you know, I have two kids and I have a husband and I have friends and I have a community and things like that. But, um, at the core, if I'm being true to myself and, um, you know, saying yes to things that I really want to say yes to and being, you know, genuine in my no's and my no thank you's, then that for me, um, has served me very well in living a very composed life. I love that for you. I mean, for everyone, but (laughs) I think oftentimes probably people think, uh, especially when it comes to home organizing, right? You see photos of these after spaces and they're like so pristine and perfect. Mm -hmm. And it looks like a department store and not a home that like living human beings are participating in. And it's not, it's not the intention, right? Like, and that's why I always try to clarify, like for me, it's about creating a life that you want to be living. And I don't think it's selfish for you to say that you want to live, you know, according to your own values and your own desires, because it's your life. You know, everybody else. When other people, you know, kind of live like that, you know, I used to think probably when people were, you know, saying, saying no to things or things like, you know, people would get a little insulted or feel, Mm -hmm. Um, well, they're just being selfish or they only care about themselves. And most of the time, at least that I found and kind of looking back, I just appreciate that clarity. I think a lot of it is clarity and just having, you know, going through life with that clarity and, and being, you know, okay with it. You you taught me something great. I remember it's so, so small, but it always stuck with me when, when um, you were helping me move from from LA back here. Oh God, that was so crazy. Um, and I remember you holding up pieces in my closet and you were like, and I was like, I don't know, like, do I keep them? Do I not? And you were like, does it bring you joy? And I was like, oh my God, I would never even think to like, look at, you know, and be like, does this bring me joy? But that top is bringing me joy. It's very cute. <laughs> <laughs> so what? Um, but, you know, and I'm like, that's such a great way to look at it, you know, like, and I, and I really used that perspective in terms of even just like in my new house and, you know, kind of furnishing a new house and decorating a new house and selecting items and what am I going to take? What am I going to leave behind? Um, is just really, you know, feeling that joy, you know, do these items with joy. It is amazing to me how complicated that is to make happen, at least from my personal experience. Uh, And I feel like that, like this idea of choosing joy or choosing things that bring us that feeling uh, is so combined also with the idea of like living your life only for yourself. And I didn't realize until you and I went through home renovations at the same time. So we're in the, (laughs) the same boat, choosing things for a new space. And I realized how often I don't do what I want to do because I think that I'm doing someone else a favor by not allowing myself this item. And in reality, nobody asked me to, nobody Mm -hmm. asked me to compromise. Nobody even is aware that I'm sacrificing this thing on behalf of their imaginary. And to be like super specific, like, I've spent my entire life not buying the things that I want for my home because I think, oh, Chad will be upset if I spend $200 on this like wooden object, you know, that like serves no purpose other than to look super cute on my bookshelf. And in reality, like 
first of all, Chad probably wouldn't even know. Second, he definitely wouldn't care. <laughs> like, you know, we have so much trust between us that like he knows that I'm not going to make financial decisions that will impact us negatively. And he trusts that. So, you know, he knows that I see the whole picture and like he would never even ask me, let alone begrudge me this item that I might want, you know, yeah. and that was like across the board. Yeah. You said, you said this word sacrifice and it's, it's something that like, uh, it's a word. It was just interesting to me. Sorry to interrupt you, but I heard you say it and I was like, whoa, like that's, that has been such a key word for me in these past couple of years too. And like a word that I never actually really said out loud too much, but I know that I certainly felt internally a lot of times in kind of making those decisions of like, what was I going to buy? Who was I going to say yes to? What kind of things was I going to commit to? And it was just like this internal feeling that I finally was able to put that word sacrifice to. And I'm like, ooh, like that is a word and, and a feeling and a belief system that I just like don't want anything to do with anymore. And just something that I've really... Not in a negative way. Yeah. Not when I feel like I don't want to do it. Yeah. Right. Happy to sacrifice something on behalf of someone else. Mm-hmm. Because it's what I truly want. And I've thought about it. And there has been a request made of me. You yeah. Know? Or yeah. maybe it doesn't even need it. But like, it shouldn't be because I've made it up in yeah. my own head. Yes. yes. And yes. then I'm limiting my own ability to experience joy on behalf of like nothing, some imaginary request that never appeared. Yeah. Uh, that's why. So, and that's a great segue, I guess, into my next question for you, which is if there is like one word or feeling that you're very focused on at this moment in your life. And for me, that word is joy because I'm realizing how deeply ingrained I have gone out of my way to not experience joy, like not be aware of it while it's happening around me for most of my life. And now I'm like, I'm like you with the sacrifice. I'm like, no, no more. I only want joyful things. Yeah. I release the clarity of mind and like the calmness, the stillness to be able to experience it while it's happening because there's so many joyful moments in every day. And I have just spent too many years being like, well, I can't think about that right now because I'm already thinking about like what I'm going to do professionally two years from now. And like kids lunches three weeks from now, (laughs) my mind has not been in this moment to experience like the beauty of this life that I've worked so hard to create. And now I'm just fed up. Like I need all joy all the time. Mm-hmm. And the more that you feel it, the more that, that you'll continue to feel it. And I and I remember going for a walk with you one day, and I think it was like when we were in the midst of the pandemic, and we were like probably standing on like opposite sides of the or something when we were going for a walk, and you were like, "I want to feel joy," and I don't know that I ever actually did like feel pure, pure joy. And um, and I remember being like, "Yeah." I don't know that I have either. I think there's times I've been like really, really happy, but I don't know that I felt like true joy. And I, and that was at the beginning of kind of the, the, you know, past few years of where I just felt a lot of different things, but, um, but can truly honestly now say like, I, I know that real true, genuine feeling of joy and to make that conscious effort to just stop and, recognize it and to to feel it is like that's something that I try to do every single day is like you know if I'm walking and my and my kid just like grabs my hand like while we're walking like that is like that moment you know that you just soak that in but there's another word that comes to mind for me 
And, uh, you know, I do, I do love the word joy, but I would say mine is probably trust. And I don't know that I always trusted myself um, and trusted in, you know, like a source, a higher power. And um, that is something that has, you know, that I've certainly developed, you know, through, you know, some challenges and um, some like, you know, <laughs> different ways, but to be able to trust myself and to trust that, you know, I'm taken care of. And when I come into a place of, you know, if there's a challenge or something and I don't know how to proceed, or if I don't know, you know, what the answer is, or, you know, my, my son or my daughter having a struggle or something, I just trust. And I kind of ask, I've learned to just ask, you know, myself and, and a higher power, like, give me, you know, help me guide me into answering the right way or giving the right words or saying what needs to be said or doing what needs to be said right now. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's just, it's again, that trust of saying, you know, authentically what's me versus what I think the other person wants to hear. I think that's so beautiful. And it really makes sense um, in relation to what you were talking about earlier, you know, just wanting to be done with sacrifice and start living your life for yourself. I think it's so cool. Trust is such a good word uh, and not one that I hear very often, but it's interesting that you say too, like, it's not just trusting in a higher power, but also trusting in yourself. And I think from what I've watched you go through over the last several years, you really have relied a lot on trusting your own intuition and advocating for your own health and well-being and and moving your life in a direction that's going to make you happier. Mm-hmm. I hope you don't mind if I share what you said to me when I asked you to be on this podcast. <laughs> I, I'm not sure if I remember, but I'm um, sure. <laughs> it was the best response because you're like, I would love to do this. I would love to support you, which is like very true to your nature. You're such a supportive, caring friend. Uh, and then you're like, but I'm not interesting. I'm not doing anything right now. There's nothing I can share that people would want to hear. Like I'm not, you know, striving for like a career achievement or like a big success right now. And then you said, I'm just so content with my life where it is right now and my house and my kids and my marriage that I don't have anything to talk about. And I was like, uh, excuse me, that's the most interesting story in the world to go from so many challenges or struggles, uh, going through a pandemic, all of these things. You have two young kids. You, you and Mark have been married for more than 10 years now. Yeah. And then health issues that kind of sprung up that were frustrating for you, I'm sure. Uh, and to come to a place where you can say, I'm just so at peace with my life the way it is right now, I think is what everybody is striving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, so no. funny. I really did. I was like, oh. I don't know what I have to offer, but yes, it's true. It's true. What has been the biggest game changer for you in the last few years? Like to achieve this feeling of, you know, contentedness in a life is a very big thing to accomplish. I think most of us are future tripping and looking for what we can do or acquire or create or whatever next. So this, the word, at least to me, evokes this idea of like, I'm so happy with what it is that I have right now at this moment in time, which feels very self-aware. It feels very trusting. It feels very open and and grateful. Yeah. 
those are all words that I definitely feel. Um, and I, I mean, absolutely hands down. I know that it was my move to LA that, that kind of just triggered the whole kind of journey for me. Um, I, you know, we moved out to LA right before I turned 40. I was, you know, born and raised on the East coast here and my whole family's here, all of my, you know, friends growing up. And then we moved out there uh, for Mark's work. And, you know, I just, I've never been in a place where I felt like um, so uncomfortable. I felt like, you know, I, I was like, I, I don't know. I lost myself entirely. I had to stop working to move out there and, you know, and I felt like I had to, and I should do things and I should, should, should. And, um, I, I work with this intuitive therapist. She's, she's incredible. And she's not like a traditional therapist and she's exactly who I was to be, you know, who I was to meet again, serendipitously. Um, and she always says to me like, well, who are you shitting on? <laughs> Why do you use that word? Like should, should, should. Um, so I always go back to that. Like whenever I say the word should, I'm like, no, 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 stop. But I know when I moved out there, I just, I think so much kind of overcame me, like being lost in this new place and um, not having, you know, my purpose, which at the time was like my career, right? Like yeah. silly, um, you know, and like trying to start something new and trying to meet people and trying to, you know, fit in and, um, you know, taking care of my two kids who I love dearly, but my God, I just like sucked so bad at being the cutest. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. But I just like really was not good at like being a, a stay at home mom at the time. And I like was really bad at like almost burned down our house and like, you know, trying to cook lunch and get them to a play date. And <laughs> They're not on purpose. <laughs> no, definitely not on purpose. Um, like, I remember it just, it was bad. My, my husband's like, you're a really good mom, but like, you're just a really bad stay at home. And I was like, I didn't sign up for this. Um, so, you know, I was trying to find work and um, I had some things going on with my family at the time. And, you know, my dog that I rescued back in like 2006, you know, passed away and I wasn't back on the East Coast to like be with her. It was just like so many things started happening. And then I, I found myself, I got like really sick. I know you remember that. And it was right before the pandemic, like li literally like the month before the pandemic hit. And I got really, I really ill. Like I couldn't do anything. I could barely walk around my block and like this was me who like, you know, I was boxing every day. I was surfing. I was playing tennis, like, you know, never had any, you know, help. Like, we'll just look, the person would go to the doctor and be like, take my blood pressure. I know I'm fine. And, um, and I think, you know, there was so, I, I, I don't, I know that like, it was the worst, worst time for me, but, um, I know that that's what, had to happen. And it kind of pushed me into this place of um, trusting and support because with that came like a deep depression, a lot of anxiety, health anxiety, like questioning, like why, why is my body failing me? Um, you know, 
going to doctors and just being in this spiral of getting tests and never getting the answers that I needed. Never. It was like, I was like chasing a diagnosis. Like, please just tell me like something's wrong and nobody could, could describe anything. But despite there being these re- very strange symptoms, um, you know, sleepless nights, you know, consecutively for months and, and it just, I just kind of remember one night specifically just falling into this place of just like surrender and just being like no idea like what's going on fearful of you know truthfully my life um because I knew inside like something was wrong um and yeah and I just kind of you know I could never meditate by the way like I hated when people would be like just meditate and I'm like I don't know how to like I can't it's so hard, you know, and I've been to like all these places and yoga places and like been to India for everyone. It's really not meditation in the way we think about meditation. Traditionally, I think you find meditation through like surfing and being in the ocean and being active. I found those moments. Right. And I remember this one night, it was a, you know, a typical night for me at like three 30 in the morning where I couldn't sleep again. And, um, you know, just walked outside to my like back patio in LA in the middle of the night, like who knows, you know, what was in my backyard, but I just sat and I just kind of sat. And that was the first time I fell into a meditation for like an hour. And I didn't stop after that. Like every day after that, that's what I did. And it was just crazy because I, for the first time experienced what that was like. And really, really, truly from that moment forward just developed a connection that's and, amazing yeah just began to doing meditation now in that way yes not to that extent um I find other way I mean that was like a very deep period for me where I would it was the only thing that I found comfort in um and you know and I would read a lot and just read a lot um but Uh, but now I meditate and it's, it's like, I try to give myself about 15 minutes every morning, but I'm able to see, I could never get there. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I could never get to that place. Like it was so much to clear out that like, just to try to get there, like was never going to work for me. It was never going to happen. And, um, I spent so much time, you know, because we, what else did we have during the pandemic, but time. And that's why I actually I'm grateful to the pandemic um, to clear a lot of that shit out. And now when I find myself going into a meditation, I just, you know, I, I can do it a lot quicker, a lot faster. Um, and I just, a lot of times just take a couple of minutes to just be, to be. That's so awesome that you found a new tool for helping your body reset. Yeah. I just kind of, you know, like it's not, sometimes I try to meditate and it's not the vibe. So then I need something else in my toolkit. That's going to be able to help me. I'm a very, um, anxiety is not the word. They need to like invent a new kind of anxiety. That's for me. (laughs) (laughs) I know everybody's like, well, I don't want to wish that upon you. Like that's not, you know, I don't want to be like, well, here's what you have to do. You have to go through really, really bad, you know, like, cause it's not what you have to do. It's just how mine happened to come. It was like this moment of just, you know, whether it was desperation, I like to say it was like surrendering where I'm like, I can't, like I've 
tried so hard, you know, like when I say back to my composed living previous lifestyle to get everything organized, I went to all the doctors, I did all the tests, I did this, I tried to have everything like this. And my body was like, nope, like, that's not what, that's not how it is to be. So you did everything that you were supposed to do, everything you should have done, as you would say. And then really, it came down to trusting in yourself and your own body and your own intuition and the universe to take care of you. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy because once I did that, all of a sudden I was, I was meeting people or being introduced to somebody that, you know, had like, had a wonderful, you know, suggestion for me, whether it was like cranial sacral therapy or Rolfing or um, psychoneuroenergetics, which I wound up doing a, a, a training on, and I truly believe in that tool, and um, or a new book to read, you know, um, just it was it was very um, eye opening. The more that those things would happen, the more that the trust gets built. It's amazing when you're mm-hmm. on the right path. The universe just keeps giving you. I know. Exactly. I know. We're stubborn creatures. We love to go right to where the resistance is. <laughs> I really think that's why for me personally, it was a health thing because it really was out of my control. You know, like I, I, I was so stubborn that if it was something to do with like my kids or work or community or my husband or something like I would do what I needed to do to figure it out. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I truly believe that like it, it became my health because I just like, there was nothing else I could do to control it. Um, so I know that it to me as it was <laughs> So frustrating to have a challenge in front of you that you have no way to like control or organize your way out of, you know, mm-hmm. but it gives yeah. a lot of perspective, so much of life. <laughs> Yep. And, and that's where I would say that like the, you know, that, that it's just like, it, that's why I have the perspective that I do now that I'm just like, really, it's, it, what does something actually really matter? You know, um, did you ever read the untethered soul? Yeah. Just I like in the pool one summer. And so it's like, you know, when you have the pages get wet from your face, it's like so fat now. <laughs> They're like stuck together. Yeah. But it makes me so happy. I actually, that was my first, um, the summer of the beginning of COVID when oh. it didn't work and I was at home all the time. I was like, well, I'm going to take this time to just read and be yeah. outside and enjoy. And so it makes me uh, kind of happy to see it now when I like have such a clear memory of being like wet fingers and wet pages, oh. and <laughs> <the> sunshine, <laughs> but it is a great book. Yeah. Uh, another, I mean, the four agreements is also one along similar lines that had such a profound impact on, uh, just changing the way I think. And, you know, it's never, I feel like it's, it's not like my mind is permanently changed. And now I'm like, I'm so wise and clear and I'll never go back to my wild ways, but it's at least helpful to have these little tidbits that like pop out in moments where you're like, Oh wait, I remember I'm supposed to not out about this thing. And I think the four agreements gave me the understanding uh, that how other people respond to us is not our responsibility. And it made me think of it when you said, um, you know, like when people are like, no, I'm sorry, I'm not going to come to that thing. And other people are like, oh, it's because they're selfish and it's this, or you like internalize it. Uh, 
And it has made it easier for me to accept when somebody else is going through something as like, that's not my thing. This is simply their reaction to their circumstances. Um, and I can trust that I've behaved in a way that is, you know, hopefully kind and supportive and I didn't do something to offend. Mm -hmm. uh, but also it helps me to maintain my own boundaries too and be like, no, I'm not going to come to your birthday party and I don't need to even offer you an explanation or an apology. Like I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm just simply not going to be there. And like, that has nothing to do with you and it has to do with like where I am in my life and that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this concept of like not taking offense um, or even internalizing that you have falsely offended is a game changer. And then the other thing that came up for me as you were chatting, was this idea of trust. Somebody told me one time, that worrying is basically saying that you have no faith. Uh, I spend so much of my time worrying. That's what I meant before when I was like, I don't feel like I'm an anxious person, but I definitely am like, I'm so focused on the future and what's going to happen and trying to find little ways that I can like, you know, control the future, I guess. I don't know what, what my desire is there, but you know, it's like, I guess I'm trying to avoid obstacles in the future by preparing for things that may or may not even happen. And like the absurdity of that is not lost on me, but that's such a nice reminder when it does pop into my head. That's like, Hey, if you're worrying this much about something, you are telling the universe or God or whatever you believe in uh, that you don't have any faith that they're going to take care of you. Right. And when that finally sinks in with me, I'm like, Oh yeah, I can trust. I can trust that the universe has not let me down so far. Every time I've trusted and been clear about, what it is that I want or what's, you know, my heart's desires that has come to me in some shape or form, you know, whether it's exactly the way I envisioned it or in a cooler, better for me way. And sometimes so funny. there's been these times where like something would happen and, you know, and I, it's almost like there's like somebody that I'm talking to. I was like, but they're, they're not, you know, yeah. it, they, them, whatever you want to, you know, God source, high, whatever, blah, blah. You don't know what to call, but like that, I almost like want to be like, oh my God, that's exactly what you were trying to say to me. You know, like, <laughs> like that's, that's why that, I get it now. Like three months ago, I was freaking out about that, but I get it now. And it's just like, these things would happen that you're, you, you know, you have this fear over you, you know, you worry and, um, and then just when you trust and then you see how something turns out, it's, it's, you know, a lot of times it's very subtle, but I, I do specifically remember like three times, you know, in the past couple of years where I had these like, oh my God, like that's so, that is so like, almost like you're talking to, you yeah. know. And I love really those moments. Mm -hmm. I had worked with somebody to like find your like spirit guide. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, love, I don't get a chance to talk about like all the wild things that I'm very curious about learning more about. Mm -hmm. uh, but for, I feel like people who know me best know that I'm like, I'm so open to anything and I'm a very curious person. So if anybody ever presents me with like a, here's a hypnotist, here's a tarot, I'm like, I will do all of it all day, any day. <laughs> like I'm just so fascinated by people and their different experiences on this planet. And I found it to be incredibly helpful. And it's so it's, I shared my experience with this like spirit guide, whatever you want to call them, like a guardian angel 
with Chad and he was like, you've lost it. Like you're so you're off the deep end now, lady. <laughs> and I was like, no, his name is Jonathan. And we had a full on conversation. <laughs> Very clear on the fact that he is my guardian angel. Um, and I talked to you when you helped me uh, with composed living and like aligning values, my values as a person and bringing them into my business. And I loved our conversations because they were so intense and so deep and personal and vulnerable. And I shared with you too, about having like a, a a relationship with like the archangel Michael and how that manifested in my life. And it's like, you can believe whatever you want to believe, but the truth of the whole story is that I had like three life-threatening moments. And in each one of those moments, the person who saved me happened to be named Michael, which is also the name, you know, and it's like, I'm not a Catholic person. I truly could not name another angel. Uh, But, you know, these are the things. And like, also the way I happened to learn about the existence of these things was so perfectly timed. I was like, it's got to be more than a coincidence. And who cares? Even if it is a coincidence and I choose to believe that it's something more magical, that's my business. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And I think that's so important too, is like, if something's working for you, you know, and that's like, again, who, who, who you just, again, it's just come to this place of like, I don't care. I don't care. Same thing. I mean, Mark is an incredibly practical human being, my husband. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think he's walked in as I've been like face down trying to, you know, connect with my spirit guide. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, connect with my spirit guide. You just give me two minutes. Like, get it. We're almost done. <laughs> uh, you know, and you know, he's just, you know, accepted it and you know, it's like that sort of thing. And I think, you know, and fast forward to today where you know, he's actually like, hey, what would you do on this? And I'm like, well, like that's that's pretty big because I'm positive my ask me. Right. And you can't argue with the fact like how much your circumstances and your mood and your overall well-being have changed over the last couple of years. Uh, he's probably seeing like, who cares? Even if what she's doing is real or not real or I believe it, like something in you has actually changed and it's working. And I love that now he's coming to you for guidance. That's so cute. Yeah. I think I think it also just goes back to that word clarity, you know, yeah. um, just having real clarity around like what feels right for me. And, um, and he can see that, you know, it's like, um, it's, you know, it's not ever, you know, just being confrontational to be confrontational. It's, you know, you know, I think now when I don't agree with something, it doesn't even come out confrontational. It comes out very genuine. And they're like, wow, she really doesn't love that, you know? And, and it's like, people want to hear about it when you come from that genuine place. There is that curiosity that comes out a little bit more versus becoming defensive where they're like, yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's like when you come from a place of real genuine, um, genuineness like people will be more open you know and I have found that as well and honestly I think that's what the whole world could you know be in a, in a better place of now is just being more curious more open more dialogue more conversation versus the like stance you know yeah dialogue that's such a good way because I don't feel like we're having a lot of dialogues in our country right now I think it's a lot more um people are speaking and they're just 
speaking for the sake of hearing their own voices or having their own opinions voiced, but there's not someone listening on the other end and there's not, uh, there's no dialogue happening between the two. And that is, you know, it's not, it doesn't function in any, in any place. I go back to thinking like we did a whole class on this in, um, in my master's where we're talking about the importance of dialogue. Like you cannot be a teacher if you don't have a student, you cannot be a student if you don't have a teacher. And the two things like you just, both things are needed in order for change to happen. And sadly what's happening right now is we have a whole bunch of teachers and zero students. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a real bummer. (laughs) Well, I mean, I guess like when people say like, what are you, you know, what can you do to contribute back to the community? I'm like, it's really being conscious of how I am presenting and being in the world. Right. And it's, it's that, you know, it's, it's encouraging the dialogue. It's being open, you know, even to, to, you know, people that have very different viewpoints than I do. And um, again, just coming from that place of, of, you know, kindness, compassion, self-awareness um, to guide those conversations, you know, probably a very different approach than I might've had 10 years ago. Yeah. I think this has been your superpower. Like for as long as I've known you, you have such an incredible ability to bring together a community of people from sort of all walks of life and present them with information on something that's like extremely valuable about making our world a better place. That's how we met. You and I met at the Open Hearts Foundation, um, hosted at the beautiful home of Jane Seymour in Malibu. Um, And you are my absolute favorite kind of human being to meet because I'm so shy in social setting. Like if I don't know someone there, I'm just full of nerves. And you are the opposite. You're the kind of person who just walks up and is like, hi, I'm Christiana. Do you want to be friends? I'm like, yes, thank God. (laughs) I don't do that to just anybody. No. (laughs) Uh, And that's how we met. And then over the years, I mean, you have come up with so many beautiful ideas to bring people together and figure out ways that we can make the world a little bit of a better place. And you've coordinated panels and group discussions and, and helped so many people get clear on their values so that they can contribute more to the world. Um, and you do it with such ease and like, it just comes from you so naturally. It's that's your superpower. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I, um, I do, I love to bring people together. I, I actually am, nobody really actually believes this about me, but I am very much an introvert. Uh, I just happen to, you know, I'm okay of, you know, going up to people and saying hello, but, um, you know, and introducing it because I, I love uh, meeting people. I love, you know, hearing about people and, you know, and then because of that, making connections and, um, and I love what kind of comes of that. Um, but you know, I, I really, at the end of the day, I'm very much an introvert and I think people would be surprised to hear that, but, um, you know, I, I'm good in like kind of smaller groups now I can see, you know, when I have like, like five, like really good energy people around, I could, you know, talk and talk and talk and then, you know, but sometimes when we go to like parties and things like Mark can stay and he wants to go to the next place and that like fuels him and I'm like eh. Mark and Chad are like the same person <laughs> <laughs> I need to go home and like light my candle read my book get in bed yeah. like, 
<laughs> well, I think so many people equate introversion with shyness or yeah. like not wanting to, like wanting I to spend more time in solitude. And I mean, I live in a completely extroverted role, right? Like I'm hosting a podcast. I let my younger brother just brought this up to me the other day because he's like, I never would have envisioned this life for you where like everything you do is so out there and public and, you know, like from public speaking and like hosting large events. And I love all of that. I'm not shy in that regard, but for me, the introversion is like, once I have been out in the world and I've put forth, it's, it's an energy drain for me, um, a happy one. And I love doing it, but like, I don't recharge that way. I recharge by coming home and spending time in solitude to the point where if I know that even my family is home, I'll stay in my car in the driveway. Like I need <laughs> solitude in order to recharge my batteries. So it's not that like, I can't be around people or I'm too shy to do these things. It's, I enjoy them very much and it fills me with so much energy and, and I love the community aspect. Uh, but I absolutely need to come home and be in full solitude <laughs> to be able to recover. <laughs> and that doesn't even matter. Like high vibe, low vibe. It's just all people. If I interact for too long, like you do not want to see me. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, honestly, that's another thing. Like I, I had the same impression of what extrovert introvert men. I mean, people kind of said to me, like, you're, you're the most extroverted introvert. I know then because <laughs> Like, I guess so. That's so true. But really, like my mom and probably Chad and Mark, right? They get their energy from being out in community. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's why they probably both have the jobs that they have. Like my mom, literally every single day, she's like to the coffee shop. She has to be around people. There's like, she does not want to have a morning coffee alone and meditate. She wants to be like, where can I find the most number of people? And she'll talk to every stranger. Like that's, how she, you know, gets excited about things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just so cool. I mean, I love that. I love that there's both kinds of people in the world. Mm -hmm. All of us little homebodies. Yeah. Well, I think we're also, what do they say? Like, uh, um, sensitive, highly sensitive mm -hmm. as well. Had a great conversation with a woman who is a psychic medium. I think the episode's probably out already. Emma is her name. And we were talking about like creating an energy shield uh, specifically for highly sensitive people, because that can be no fun at all. Yeah. <laughs> you're around someone who just like does not vibe with your energy and you're like, I saw, I, saw something on, I saw something on Instagram and they were like, somebody needs to invent like the little room so that like the highly sensitive introverted people can at a party can just go in, step in, kind of like recharge right. for five minutes and like, <laughs> like dim lighting a soft candle yeah, yeah. blanket in the bathroom for no a one's allowed to talk here, but like yeah just like an acceptable space yeah <laughs> I mean I think truly this is why I love like a spa day right it's like no one's talking to you <laughs> there's no cell phone and obviously that's like such a luxury and one I wish I had much more often uh, but that is like, I come out of that just like, I'm like, hi, I'm so just like fully recharged, you know, I'm like a whole day where I didn't have a conversation. I didn't do anything. I wasn't productive. I'm just like wrapped in a soft robe. <laughs> what a dream. <laughs> 
I love it. Probably <laughs> the spa too. <laughs> we like included in all health insurance plans, especially for people who are prone to whatever, being highly sensitive. Yep. <laughs> you hear that? Blue Cross of California. I'm <laughs> so we add it to my plan. <laughs> they cover acupuncture. I know. I, know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to call out the painting that's behind your head because it's hilarious to me. I made this with my dear friend, Christina, who is the actual artist. She was teaching me how to do resin art. Uh, and and now, my, now it's in your office. It's in my office. I love it. I, and everybody comments on it and I'm so happy. Just see, it's one of the pieces that brought me such joy that it came yeah. with across the country and it is now in my, I, I love my office. I look around and it's got all little pieces from like places that I've traveled and um, yeah, I love it. And this is what everybody sees when I take Zoom calls. <laughs> that makes me so happy. It was fun to have the opportunity to create something and learn something new. Um, and it was so wonderful to have the piece hanging in our house for years. And now it makes me even happier that it's hanging in yours. And you continue the enjoyment. I have to take a, a pan for you at some point. Yeah, um, send me a photo. I'm so also, curious. But also, I'm just going to come stay in your house. Oh, and That's the easiest way to just see it all. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast. It's so nice to see your face and to catch up with you. And I'm so happy that you were willing to share a little bit of your story with our listeners and with me. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. I love you. I love seeing your face. I miss you. I feel like I just got to catch up with you a little bit. It's so nice. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you.